welcome to Thriving in the Age of Disruption. Today, Dr. Ramesh catches up with corporate high flyer Ms. Nguyen Thi Minh who's just left her senior management role in human resources at a Vietnam-focused private equity firm to pursue her life purpose of transforming human beings and human experiences. Min Tiang talks about her personal growth experiences and how she's taken that leap of faith into entrepreneurship to create her own social impact business that could make a difference to the lives of Vietnamese people. Welcome to the Thriving in the Age of Disruption podcast series, Ming Ziang. I'm so excited to catch up with you, especially after your new change in career. Dr. Rames, thank you for inviting me. And it's such a great honor. Hello, everyone. My name is Ming Zhang. In Vietnamese, it means river, a bright river. That's like my parents' expectation that I would have a bright life and have a level of acceptance with everything happening in my life like a river. I have made, I think, one of the biggest decisions in my life that I left Mekong Capital with the role as a partner of talent and culture. In the next 10 years, I want to fully participate and devote myself to empowering people to do the best, to unleash the potential human being. I think that's my personal calling. It's always so exciting when people pursue their life's mission or personal calling. And it's great that you have taken this moment to make that big jump. I have a question for you. What was that moment that had you relook at those priorities and say, this is the time. When I was promoted to be partner at Mekong Capital, I shared with Chris, my mentor. I said, oh, Chris, I would leave Mekong by 2025. At that time, the vision already like being realized and I want to pursue my personal purpose. He was aligned on this. Until COVID pandemic, it helped me to think back my priorities in life. I really consider whether that I want to wait until 2020 or I can do earlier and make it happen now. I also share my personal stories. The moment when I thought that I would die when I got COVID-19 with very heavy symptoms. And I said, oh, wow, there's a lot of things in my life that I just put in the pocket list like an Never yes. do it now. And it's been very priorities. <laughs> Thanks to COVID-19 pandemic, it's helped me to reset my priorities and rethink that there is something that maybe we should do now. Yeah, that's really so great that you're sharing with us because I think COVID and the pandemic has allowed us to relook at our priorities in life. And like you have just shared, urgency to live our lives fully right now in the moment is really critical. introduce us as to what you're doing right now in your new company. Yes. Our mission is to do the best, to unleash the potential of human being. Wow. Yeah. And the name of the company in new, in like new being. Yeah. New being. We do believe that every day we have opportunity to be new, to create us a new being for ourselves every day. I really love yeah. that. The name, the new ing and the yeah. opportunity to be a new being. We focus on developing the leadership for individual, team, and organizational. As the individual, is how can we enable the people for them to discover the power of being themselves. We really want people and the team to discover the power of trust, 
in the, our listening, the power of connectedness, the relationship in the way that people can relate to each other. At an organizational level, it's more about the employee experience. It's about organizational behavioral change. We don't have any expectation or to be the unicorn. No. I'm so lucky because I already have four partners, founders who are in the same stage of want to serve more the wider community. I want to now circle back to this whole conversation about ownership because I think having an entrepreneurial mindset is a very important part of being able to cope in this world where we face disruption all the time. But also some of us with our entrepreneurial mindset will go and launch a company like what you have done. When you shared that you had four partners on board, often that's actually one of the better ways in which to start a business. Because if you can align with four people who share the same purpose, then you have four people who can drive the business, right? And you're not just that one person who is burdened to do everything from A to Z. Let me quickly go back into the entrepreneurial journey that you took. What was it that had you make that leap? Because you thought about it, you wanted to do it, you wanted to contribute. And so contribution drove that. When you also look at your corporate experience, your mentors and your personal development in terms of what you've had for the last 12 years in Mekong Capital, how did that prepare you? I feel so thankful and feel so great to took the journey that I had with Mekong Capital. When I joined Mekong Capital, I didn't have any ideas about personal purpose, about the possibility of like who I can be, what I can do in this life. And all those things were shared during the time that I worked at Mekong Capital. The people around us, we really like was a living example of enabling the potential of human being, of the team. And also support the people to persuade the personal purpose to be bigger than themselves. And that is something that contributes a lot to the entrepreneurial mindset. Because to be the entrepreneur, it starts from the commitment that you have bigger than yourself. Like bigger than your money, your promotion, or like something that for yourself is really bigger. It's even bigger than your fear or your ego. And that's exactly what Nikon Capital have a contributed. It's all start from the vision, the vision-driven investing. So that sort of shaped your journey into entrepreneurship because you had the day-to-day almost living lab of seeing your colleagues at Mekong Capital as well as working with the investees of Mekong Capital to see how someone can take an entrepreneurial journey when they are able to look beyond themselves and be the biggest possible self. I love what you just shared is a living lab. Yes, that yes. is a living lab. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Living labs are a passion of mine recently because I think the best way in which we learn as human beings is when we are in a life situation and we can learn from that. And sometimes, yes, we make mistakes, but we have to be willing to grow from learning from those mistakes. You're someone who actually demonstrates an entrepreneurial mindset. Can you share a little bit more about your own journey, how you've had to be resourceful, how you've had to take risks and to create value? At the beginning, when I joined Mekong Capital 12 years, I need to know what is the entrepreneurship mindset, what it look like and why I need to have that. I discovered that it's thought from commitment. So at the beginning, when I just first joined Mekong Capital as a junior person. To be honest, my commitment at that time was just 
symbol. Okay, so to get salary or to get promotion, I think that is happen with everyone, right? And when I grow more and I discover they can generate the insight or generate the initiative, it's not from your commitment, where you put your commitment and where you focus. You focus on yourself to get salary, to get promotion, or you focus to the company. And for me, that's an entrepreneur mindset, where you put yourself in organizing your action, in focusing the intention. For sure, every entrepreneur has to focus their attention and organize themselves around a series of activities so that they can produce the outcome. What you're sharing here for the listeners is that even as a corporate person, if you look at your job and you go beyond the initial, I want to have a career or I want to have a bonus to how do I become this person who has freedom and flexibility to start to input at a greater value. You want to demonstrate that trustworthiness in delivering the work, and then you get higher responsibilities because you are someone who has carved out a a very successful career in talent management. What would you advise people to do, especially women, in terms of how to go up the career ladder? You need to know what are you committed to in this life? What do you want when you're 80 years old? What do you want to live this life? That right. is a long, right? But the short term, okay, in next three years or four years or five years, what do you want to celebrate? The clearer the milestone or what you want, the direction, the more velocity you can achieve and being on track. Yeah. And that is the first thing. The second thing, just to be yourself, be true with yourself. I discovered as a higher level, we cannot produce results by ourselves, but we need to inspire or influence the other people. And most of the people think that we can influence or inspire the other people by our knowledge, our background. But I discovered that the most powerful is that you can inspire people by who you are. You're so real with your commitment. You're willing to show one another. I think that is a very important thing to be yourself, be who you are and being quick in changing and adopting. We need the people AQ, adaptability. Yes, that's right. You've highlighted some very important points here. The first thing is know your purpose, that big picture about what your North Star is. From there, you can then create these shorter term milestones that you can accomplish. The second piece is about knowing and being true to yourself because when you're true to yourself and people can see that they're inspired and they're motivated to follow you. Everything happens in teams and it doesn't happen in individual, especially if you want to go far. The last bit that you talked about was being flexible in looking at different options and also being a quick study that when things happen. And I love that new word, AQ. So tell me a little bit more about AQ. What does AQ or adaptability quotient mean? Adaptability quotient, I think that we all experience in COVID-19, same situation, right? But when we leave the situation after COVID-19, only the businessmen or only the entrepreneurs who can quickly adapt and change their mindset, their approach, or even their action. I have one company and I can share the story. So that's a company named ATA. 
they thought that the pathway to realize their vision is just retail. However, in COVID-19, everything's closed. And immediately, so they changed their business model rather than just being stuck on one pathway, one action or one approach. They discover the new approach. They can even go quicker and develop more. I just share this short story about the importance of AQ. It's not how much you're good at, but how quick you can change. Yes, adaptability and pivoting. There are two very important points for today's world of disruption. Crisis is usually a setback or a failure that we experience. And, you know, I'm in the process of finalizing my book on crisis resilience, where I say that it's a mindset that you can develop whereby you develop the capacity to be able to overcome that setback. It starts from how you perceive this as something bad, there is something wrong, or you can perceive it as an opportunity for breakthrough. Crisis is normal, especially when you committed something big. We can have a choice to perceive it as an opportunity for breakthrough, to be creative, creating new action, or we can be victim of this crisis. It's easy to say, and it's really hard to practice and discover that at the beginning, we always consider as the problem, as a victim, we may feel very upset, but the quicker that we can shift our perception, so the more that we can have to change. Yeah. You were always a bright star and you took the coaching and you made that part of you, part of your success. So well done, Ming Xiang. I love what you actually created for our listeners, which is that when we look at a crisis, our perception is very important. Do we look at that situation and say that we are stuck, we have no choice? Or do we look at it and say that actually, here's an opportunity to do something? And then number two was the fact that we are always going to experience setbacks and failures, especially when we are up to big things in life. If we are playing a small game, which doesn't stretch us, we're not going to get into any difficulty or setback. So actually, it's good that we are doing that because it tells me that we are growing, we are developing. The third piece, of course, how we create resilience, how we grow is over time to get up quickly from these setbacks, whether it is by developing ourselves internally through other kinds of practices, whether it's meditation or whatever, whether it is because we are able to quickly do a self-talk and see that, hey, this is what I want to do. These are all important points that you have raised. Is there one particular crisis where you dealt with this in a systematic way and it helped you? Yes. Oh, I face crisis almost every month. <laughs> That's a good one. I can share in the COVID-19 pandemic last year that the um, significant number of the investment team members chose to live in Kong Capital. At that time, I make it mean about myself, about this situation that oh, maybe that I'm not good enough. How come I have worked at this company for 11 years and I still cannot retain the people? Maybe that there is something wrong about me. I'm really living in the world of worry, upset, and doubtful about myself. And I also try to look good because, I, oh, I am the partner of talent and culture. How come I let the people lead the companies and I live in the world that there's no possibility and really obsessed about myself uh, with my mentor, Chris Freud. I share with how I perceive the situation. I remember in our conversation, he just asked some question. Okay, what happened? What do you make it mean? 
And I realized, oh, wow, I make it mean a lot. <laughs> yeah. And after a few days, and I self-reflect, and I, I discovered that I cannot force anyone to stay with Mekong Capital. Mekong Capital is a ship. It, it keeps moving, even though some people chose to leave or some people choose to stay. It doesn't matter. It didn't impact this ship because it has its own mission and it needs to move to fulfill its mission. I discovered when I live in that world, I could not generate any new action to change the situation or to generate any new approach or new assets because I devote all my time and my energies to prove that I'm right. That's a very powerful short example that you've given us. I have a four-step process for going through crisis. Step one is awareness. And that's exactly what you did when you described that whole world of survival and how for that few days when you were dealing with it. Step two, I talk about how you come to accept the situation. And in your case, after that whole world of survival showed up and you are suffering, you step forward to have that conversation with your mentor, Chris, and he just asking you those two simple things, which was what happened and what you made it mean. And just accepting whatever answer and gave you that space to start that acceptance process. But it didn't happen straight away because you had to go back, reflect, then you had to think more. Eventually, what you talked about here was you also started to see that before you had acceptance, you had no access to any action. And so my step three is taking action. And action can only come after you have accepted it. And the last piece is actually actualization. Actualization means that you have now created a new future from that crisis. So the crisis was the opportunity to go in a new pathway. The crisis allows us to move in a new direction. And we see that new direction become a reality. What did you discover out of this crisis that you had about uh, the employees leaving Mekong Capital? And what was the new discovery and action that you all took? I discovered that during this pandemic, our team members, because we work from home, that's why we didn't have many opportunities to have a conversation to really build up the connectedness. A lot of companies are also discovering that after a two-year stay-at-home blended kind of operation, that many of their staff members have become disconnected from the organization and now they are trying to do activities to bring them back together. Mingxiang, I want to discuss a little bit about spirituality and where are you in your spiritual journey? Could you share something about what you think about life and spirituality? I do believe in spiritual life or religion. I am mm. a Buddhist. I really love what Buddha teaching. I really admire him. He could be enlightened about like being wholeness, being committed, but not attacked. I, I think that's amazing. I hope that very soon I can be because knowing in me and now I just in the journey of doing and practicing. And what is it that you would want to be that you are struggling to do? I think as a human being, I have emotion. Sometimes I've been impacted or influenced. I like still falling in the trap being driven by my emotion and my experience and to be aware that whether I am driven by my emotion, my experience, especially my looking good. However, I find out my purpose in life, connecting people with their best self. I totally get that. And that's your spiritual journey. 
Awesome. Yes. And do you think that it's possible for us to live a simple life? Yes. Yes. My husband said that if something happened in my life, I will take one second to say, ah, oh, and for the rest of the time, I will ask, okay, what's next? I think that it's your choice. And in this life, you totally have a choice to live and to have a simple life. Try simple thinking about everything happening around us. So tell us, what would it take for us to thrive in today's world? I think it starts from your commitment, what you want to realize in this life, and whether you be resilient to achieve it. And I think thriving will happen in the journey when you be and you do whatever it takes to realize your commitment, grow and develop and try. You were recently at the Harvard Business School to do your management development program. Tell us a little bit about that. I attended one coaching program and the coach told me that it's never been too late to have a great childhood. And I remember when I was a child, I always put in my list that someday I would study abroad. And because, <laughs> yes, and because of I didn't have opportunity to do this because when I was a child, my parents could not afford. And when I grow up, I just keep working, 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 working. And then the wake up call is COVID-19. It's never, never too late to have a great childhood. And I decided to persuade my personal factory for three months to learn whatever that I want to learn and to do whatever I wanted to have a great childhood. That is the, the reason why I chose to spend time in Harvard Business School. And I chose the program in change and organizational renewal. I, I, I discovered one thing that, wow, organizational renewal happened every day and happened in every country, in every business. It starts from the leader. It starts from transforming the leadership. It starts from transforming the corporate culture. So to be honest, I really enjoyed the content and the knowledge that the coach in Harvard coached me. But more than that, I think it's such a long time that I experienced student life and with the homework, assignments and all the things. I just really enjoy this. Sometimes in life, it's necessary for us to slow down, to step back, to do something differently, to have a mm. great time. I love that. So it's never too late to have a great childhood. Yeah. I should look back at what I wanted to do in my childhood and do something. Thank you for sharing that. What do you love about your new experience of being an entrepreneur? I love to build it up something from scratch. Ah. To be honest, when I am like an entrepreneur, so I learned everything. It's also the living life. It's not about focus on like my accountability, but also how I can manage in the bigger context, like how I can influence those people to want to do what they need to do. Also learn to build up everything from scratch, from setting up the mission, the vision, the core value, or the behavior. I think that when I was at Mekong Capital, I play a role as a partner with investing company and I play the role as a coach, as a facilitator. But now I am in their shoes to be <laughs> yes. the CEO. Yeah, to set up the mission, the vision, the behaviors, and also learn how to keep in existence 
everything that I learned, like really on the field for me. Correct. <laughs> You're spot on. One of the reasons why I love being involved in entrepreneurship and working with entrepreneurs is that I find that it's extremely creative because no journey is similar. You're always looking at new things. You have to go with the flow. Today, it's about closing the sale. Tomorrow, it's about cash flow. And the day after, it's about recruitment. And so many things you have to juggle in the air. I'm glad that you're enjoying it and looking forward to every single day of your entrepreneurial career. Has there been anything that has surprised you or taken you aback as a new entrepreneur? One thing that i a little bit surprised, like when I work in the big corporate, like Mekong Capitals, I thought that, oh, I work a lot, right? But again, there is a huge silent contribution mm. from the, those people that I took advantage. For example, I, in the company, we may promote a lot of the sales people, the business development, but for those people who contribute silently, they contribute a lot. He is the admin, the driver, the tea lady. When I am the entrepreneur, I, I have the opportunity to see that Okay, it's individual. They have their own contribution to the success of the company. It doesn't matter big or small, but they really contribute. Something that I learned as an entrepreneur, how to appreciate those silent contributions. You're already pointing to something really important here because many people underestimate the support structure that is there when we work in an organization and make a transition to becoming an entrepreneur. There is a system and in the system, there are subsystems and whether it's IT or HR, there are many people who contribute a lot to making that company work. As an entrepreneur who has just started off, you'll have to play those multiple roles in the beginning. All right. Yeah. What has been your biggest personal win from this new career move? Oh, wow. That's a really interesting question. Everyone, when they look at me, they said, oh, you are already partner at Nikon Capital more than 12 years. You have a reputation. You have everything there. But the biggest win in here is that I could step out of my comfort zone, constantly growing and generating the new being or new ways of action. Second thing is that now as an entrepreneur, I need to be more creative to handle everything and in a way be ready to deal with any unpredictable things correct yeah it is really trend me up to the next level that's true i tell people that entrepreneurship as a way of life is the most exciting thing that you can do but you really can't predict your next day you plan for something and then you have to just deal with whatever that shows up that day because that's what has to be handled at that point Looking back, my journey at Mekong Capital, especially my first years at Mekong, so you guys contributed a lot in terms of my leadership. Yes, I want to take this opportunity just to give you an acknowledgement to you and Punari and the TLC team. Thank you I very you, much. Yeah, you guys really helped me to open the door of transforming the human being to give me the access. What is the possibility of unleashing the potential of the human being? That is also our shared mission as our new company now. Do the best to unleash the potential of human being. Wow. Yeah. I think we definitely have to talk and see how we can work together. Yes. So that we can benefit Vietnam together. Definitely. Thank you, Ming Ziang. Your appreciation and acknowledgement is wonderful. It touches me and I appreciate you saying it. We met almost 12 years ago. So it's been a long journey of knowing each other. Yeah, there was a long journey. 
currently was my first coach in the transformation journey. Dr. Ramesh, thank you for inviting me. And it's such a great honor. It's amazing being reconnected to you and to have you share openly and authentically about yourself. So Mingxiang, thank you for sharing. Thank you, Dr. Ramesh and Minjiang, for your inspiring conversation. What calls out to me especially is the part about Minjiang's coach telling her that it's never too late to have a great childhood. So, what have you always dreamed of doing as a child? Perhaps now is the time to revisit those dreams and make them come true. Next up, we have Mr. Anil Dagia, another master in the area of coaching and personal transformation. Join Dr. Ramesh as she explores with Anil how he's quit his lucrative IT career to become a successful entrepreneur who finds fulfillment in touching the lives of tens of thousands of people globally.